Hi, everyone. Gary Kester from Catholic Charities in Central Florida. And I'm Father Anthony, the chaplain for Catholic Charities. And we're here today with our special guest, Don Zinger, who is the director of Pathways to Care, an assisted living facility in one of the ministries of Catholic Charities of Central Florida. Welcome, Don. Thank you very much. We're really glad you're here with us, and it's an important ministry to talk about at any time, but especially now during the pandemic. We typically start with uh, an opening prayer and reflection by Father Anthony. So, Father, can we ask you to get us started? Okay, so we begin, as always, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I'd like to do first a short reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 39 and 40. When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Now in this reading, just very short, we see that, that Jesus is pointing out to us the care that we need to have for our sisters and brothers. And so when I think of the the ministry that Pathway to Care has for you know has been offering, it's really reaching out and doing one of these works of mercy, which is that of comforting the afflicted. And so, whoever comes to us should never find themselves being turned away. Just as when someone approached Jesus, Jesus just offered them, as he said. I will do it. Whatever it is that you ask, I will do it. Bear that in mind. Let us now offer our prayer to God. Loving Father, rich in mercy, you give us your entire self always, freely, asking nothing in return. Through mercy, you reach out to the sinner, offering a new chance to reflect, convert, and believe. Your mercy opens our hearts to a hope of being loved forever, despite who we are. Free us to let go of any kind of ill feeling that we may have, and that we may prepare ourselves to celebrate your mercy by being your instruments of mercy. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Anthony. I think the scripture verse you chose today is especially applicable because when someone hears about an assisted living facility, they think of some level of supportive medical care, but they probably then wouldn't think of the population that Dawn and her team are responsible for. So, Dawn, could you start us off by giving a little background on on Pathways to Care? Who is it that we serve, and, and how did this mission come about? Thank you. The broad thought process of Pathways to Care was to provide that safe, clean environment when someone is discharged from the hospital. If an individual can think for a second, okay, I'm in the hospital, and the doctor walks in and says, okay, you get to go home, people are usually very thrilled at that opportunity, and they know at home there's going to be chicken noodle soup and a nightstand with a bell on it, clean sheets, um, a refrigerator, a place to keep medications, a shower. If you are a homeless person and you end up in the hospital, you don't have that place to discharge to. So Pathways to Care has become their temporary safe haven, established in 2003. 
We've had our doors open since then and welcomed approximately 200 homeless individuals every year to provide them with this uh, medical oversight and care while they recuperate and recover from either an illness or an injury. So that is, in a nutshell, that is kind of what we do. Now, an assisted living facility, is that just a title that the ministry has given itself, or is that something that's more officially recognized? An assisted living facility is a licensed facility through the state of Florida and the Agency for Healthcare Administration. So it does require um, certain healthcare parameters, dietary parameters, so that the residents coming here and the hospital staffs that are sending them to us know that they're going to get the right care at the right time. So we are licensed. Okay, through the state. Yes. So, and, and for listeners, you may think, Gary, you don't know that. Well, of course I know that. I'm trying to help Dawn to explain the program to the general public because I think a lot of folks don't understand this unique ministry. And Father Anthony, when you commented on the gospel from Matthew, how when we do that for the least of these, we do it for Christ. Certainly, when we have folks who come to Pathways to Care, Dawn, gives, I, I rather than me do it because you do it so well, give us, a, uh, if you will, um, a vignette of what somebody's life might be like before they come to Pathways to Care. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Okay. They've been homeless maybe because an illness caused work shortage, work shortage, then you lose your insurance. It becomes this vicious cycle, and they end up being displaced for one reason or another. They may be living um, in a camp setting, which is just like rough camping. There may be a tarp over their head to to fight out the majority of the rain, but the temperatures, the heat, there's no food refrigeration, uh, there's no clean water to wash with, and then you get sick. Or maybe you have a an ongoing illness that now all of a sudden is accelerated because of these unhealthy environment that they're in and they end up being placed in a hospital setting. Some of our residents have actually said, you know what, I ride around on the bus all day long because it's air conditioning and then I sleep on a bus bench at night. I had a woman tell me one time that she liked to sleep behind the dumpsters at restaurants because there was a fence around them. So at least she knew that if someone were to find her, they'd be coming in front of her and not sneaking up behind. It's an amazing, amazing world out there. And you're mentioning both men and women. So obviously Pathways to Care serves both men and women. How does someone, I mean, we see homeless folks, Dawn, constantly in any metropolitan area. Certainly in our warm weather climate here, we see them more frequently. How does someone come to the attention of you and your team? Myself and the team work very closely with all of the area hospitals, area clinics that work with the um, homeless population. When they identify someone that needs medical care or medical oversight, they're not sick enough to be in a hospital, but they certainly can't go back to the environment they were before. Sometimes they're even still too sick to go into a recovery program or a work program. So then they're placed temporarily at Pathways to Care until all of these things are stabilized, and uh, then we place them into more permanent housing. So you actually approach the hospitals to let them know that you exist? Absolutely. We have wonderful relationships with um, the different hospital systems, and we don't have boundaries, so we're not county-based. We are Central Florida, Daytona, over to Tampa, St. Pete. We've had individuals refer to us because they needed our level of care, which is very unique. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're only one of three in the, in the Central Florida area. We hold the largest population 
of homeless individuals. And a good 50 to 55 percent of the population we serve are identified as veterans also. We work very closely with the VA Medical Center and uh, the hospital out at Lake Nona. And again, they are identifying homeless individuals, but they're veterans. And then we partner with them so that they place their veterans here. They continue to get the services of the VA, but under the care pathways to care. So we're able to monitor their medications and help them with mental health issues, housing issues, clothing issues, anything that they might need. So, And it's male and female. You know, our average age is about 45 years of age, but we've had clients as young as 18 and 19. And we actually have a client right now that's in his 80s. And these are all folks who are homeless or precariously housed? That is correct. Absolutely. When you figure that if somebody is disabled, they're getting a, a paycheck of maybe a once-a-month check of $780 plus. In Seminole County, the average rent is about $1,200. So you almost have to have two full-time jobs at minimum wage to be able to live in a safe housing, housing that's affordable. So it's very oh. easy to domino into homelessness. Right. And what's interesting, Father Anthony, if you go back to your scripture, the Gospel of Matthew, when we talk about just caring for the sick, that's kind of the door into pathways. But then obviously, from what's being described, it's a multifaceted, complex array of services and ministries that are brought into uh, the lives of these individuals who, who come to pathways. It ends up, Dawn, I guess, being much more than just, we're helping you to get well. We're trying to help you on a number of fronts to essentially what? What's our end goal? Our end goal is to provide a more permanent housing situation, or that would be the best scenario, worst scenario, that if you do choose to go back to a lifestyle similar to where you were before, we're sending you back there with more tools in the toolbox and more social service benefits so that at least you're more successful if you make certain decisions. When a client comes to us, I mean, they are very beaten down. They may arrive in just a hospital gown because the hospital didn't have clothing for them. Uh, they will not even look us in the eye. And it takes a couple of days for them to start to realize that they can be human again. They're not going to be ignored. We are extremely respectful, very social-oriented, so that they start to feel, believe it or not, they start to feel human again. And that is probably one of the best benefits that Pathways offers. And then, yes, all the medication and the medical care oversight, but we're also helping them with getting an ID, getting a Social Security card, helping them get food stamps, applying for Social Security disability. Sometimes it may even be employment again once the medical issues are resolved. You cover quite a lot of things there for sure, definitely. But how long can someone stay there? We like to think that it's an average of 45 days in our Pathways to Care Assisted Living Facility. So that means sometimes somebody may stay for only one night and say, you know what, I don't agree with your rules, and so they choose to move on. Sometimes we have an individual that might need to be here much longer than that because of the level of care that they need. We are um, dealing with individuals that have had cardiac surgeries, hernia surgeries. We have cancer patients, dialysis patients. HIV AIDS patients, so we have a, they're very sick. So sometimes it takes more than 45 days, mm. but 45 days is an average. Mm. Now, one of the other things that we do have under our roof is a program called Step 2. 
So once we've had that person that has stabilized and they are as healthy as they're going to get, maybe they're diabetic, but their diabetes has been stabilized because now they're eating right and because our meals are all dietary, registered dietitian blessed. And so now they're ready to figure out, okay, I could go back in the workforce. So we have our step two program where they can stay for a much longer period of time and we help them with dressing for success, mock interviews, helping them find employment, and then allowing them to stay here while they save money so that they can make it successfully on that next step. So we bridge back into the community. Now, you, I know that you, you get residents who come there from the hospitals. Can people just walk in and ask for help there? Unfortunately, people cannot just walk in from the community. Because of that licensure that Gary mentioned earlier, we have to have certain medical documentation. Agency for Healthcare Administration has very specific uh, regulations. So those forms have to be completed by a physician. And so that tells us, you know, what medications they're on, what kind of care, are there injuries that need to be cared for, a wound that needs to be played with, anything along those lines if there's therapies involved. But we have to have that documentation so we know how to care correctly with this, indi- with this individual. What's the maximum number of persons can you house there at any given time? We have a 40-bed licensed facility. Unfortunately, 40 beds is not a realistic headcount for us because you're dealing with a lot of medical equipment. And sometimes, quite honestly, you're working with some very um, strong personalities. Ideally, 32 in the house would be a very uh, realistic number. And believe it or not, Father Anthony, we're never full. There's always room for one more. The doors are never closed. (laughs) Correct. We have staff 24-7, even on the holidays and, of course, on the weekends and nights. So we're always here, and the hospitals do know how to get us, absolutely. I was going to ask, how do you distinguish pathways to care from other assisted living facilities that may help hospitals with folks who need to step down from hospital-based care. What what would the difference maker be if someone wanted to say, you know, I'm interested in, in, in supporting this kind of a ministry, but wh- why would then would I choose Pathways over someone else? One of the things, Pathways to Care, of course, is under the umbrella of Catholic Charities. It is not-for-profit. 99% of the other assisted living facilities in the state are privately funded. Our clientele are younger. They're predominantly male. They're not going to fit into the more traditional assisted living facilities with a higher percentage of females, an average age of over 75 or 80. We are also, our staff are uniquely trained to work with this homeless population. We have case managers that are not usually available in a more traditional assisted living facility so that we are able to work one-on-one with these residents to set plans, to set a a plan of care, as it's called, and help them help themselves to be successful. And they're not in a normal assisted living facility. That's a permanent home setting where Pathways to Care is bridging back into the community. Understood. Uh, When you were describing things earlier, it made it very clear that uh, Pathways is a voluntary placement, voluntary placement, correct? Yes. What are you looking for? If if I'm referred to Pathways to Care from a local hospital, what are you looking for in me, not just in terms of my medical situation, but are there things that would help to know that I'm I'm a great candidate for Pathways? I think there needs to be a little bit of you got to want to. you got to want to try and get better. 
We are also known as a dry facility. So there is no drug use or alcohol use on campus or off campus and coming back home at the end of the day. They're going to be dressed in street clothing, so it's a less hospital-sterile environment, which for a lot of homeless persons is very receptive. Pathways to Care, believe it or not, does have a reputation within the homeless community. And so there are many times where we've gotten a referral from a hospital and maybe we haven't touched that caseworker, but the patient who is homeless says, can you see if I can get into Pathways to Care? So the community knows us as well. And they know that it's a good place to go. We have a, a very good relationship and a reputation in the homeless community. So with all that in mind, and as we begin to wrap up, if someone wanted to find out more about Pathways to Care, either from a donor standpoint or perhaps a volunteer standpoint, what would you want them to do, Dawn? The best thing at this very moment, Gary, would be for them to call our main number, and I'll be happy to share that. Um, yeah, please do. 407 388-0245. And that's the main number. The young lady that answers the phone coordinates all our volunteer activities and some of our donation activities. We are inches away from opening up our own Pathways to Care website. So maybe I'll get another opportunity to come out and, and announce that. That's just a couple of days away yet. And then as far as donations are concerned, it varies from time to time, depending on the weather, depending on the clientele that we have. But blue jeans, flip-flops, uh, sweatshirts in the winter. It can be having a group from maybe a, a Bible study group come out and say, you know what, we're going to do an ice cream social for this crew and coming out on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday evening and, and breaking bread. The most important thing that our clients need is to feel normal or human. And so we have groups that come out on Sunday morning and prepare homemade breakfast and pancakes, the whole nine yards. But better than that meal, which is good, is that then they sit down and spend time with the residents. Mm. And I think sometimes our volunteers gain more from it from than our residents do. Well, that is great to hear. And, and clearly there are ways for the community to be involved. Father Anthony, do you want to um, offer any reflections in terms of what we just discussed and how that fits in with the gospel you started us off with? What I think is that Jesus pointed out all these persons out there. He didn't tell us exactly what to do, but, but it was pointing out the kinds of persons we have out there who are in need. And so I'm thinking of the, the very name, you know, Pathways to Care. It's that Care seems to be the, the end result, to show people that we do care for them, and then that there are many paths leading to that care. And, and so this is what I really want to commend Pathways to Care for that, as well as to say this is pointing out what our ministry is supposed to be, because each person who comes is an individual. There's not one band-aid that fits all. And it's just seeing in each person the face of Jesus, so that when we look at them, we're actually looking at Jesus. We also pray that we'll experience Jesus in them, as Dawn just said, you know, that sometimes the volunteers learn much more than the residents. Right. Right. We appreciate the chance to talk with you and to learn more about this particular ministry. 
as you know, the, the title of our podcast series is Mercy in Action. And from what you've described today, it's, it's very clear that this is a, a unique population needing mercy in many different ways. And uh, obviously, from a Catholic charity standpoint, we're very proud to have uh, you and the team serving the way you do in, in so many unique ways for these folks. It is truly, it's a pleasure for the, the staff here, and it's, it's a calling for many of us. We're meant to be here. I think you could ask our staff that, and each one of them would say something very, this is, this is our calling, is to be with these residents. So it's a privilege for us, absolutely. Well, we're, we are grateful for that. Father Anthony, would you close us with prayer? Okay, let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to see the wounds of our brothers and sisters who are denied their dignity. Enable us to accept the good in every person. Let us help others escape the doubt that causes them to fall into despair. May the flesh of your Son, visible in the tortured, the scourged, the malnourished, and the exiled, be acknowledged, touched, and cared for by us. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dawn, thank you. Father Anthony, great to connect with you again. Thank you, Paul, very, very much. Take care.